Your radio is the perfect location. You don't have to miss the game at all. Make a note of the time and the station. We're gonna broadcast basketball. Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show, 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I'm Spud Goodman. And welcome to what we feel is a nice little radio show. <laughs> are we the very best program on the face of the earth? Probably not, but nor are we the absolute worst either. No, and I feel pretty confident in making this judgment. You know, sure, there may be others who might pipe in with a dissenting opinion, but this is my show, so we're going to go with not the worst show on the face of the earth. <laughs> with me tonight is my temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Hi, Spud. Uh, you know, I personally feel what you said about the show is an accurate statement, so you don't need to feel the need to support it with facts and statistics. Well, you know, everybody demands verification these days. Yeah. Back in the day, you could say anything and people would feel it's rude to ask for proof, you know? <laughs> Spud proof is needed because people lie. Telling the truth about yourself could cause the dream to die. And later you will ask why, why did you even try? <laughs> now, I should also introduce our designated laugher who is with us. Gina, how you doing? It's great to be with both you and Gerald tonight. Oh, thank you, Gina. It's a privilege to have you here with us right Okay, in the enough studio. of the sappy niceness. Everyone can sense oh. the underlying tension up, yo. between you two already. Professional jealousy is a normal workplace deal. I mean, I everybody knows that. A lot of bosses actually work pretty hard to foster it as it increases productivity. Seriously. <laughs> you know, I read Jack Welch's biography, you know, the guy who used to run GE. He was really good at pitting uh, middle managers against each other in the company. He said it made a ton of money for the shareholders. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to pick up that book. Yeah, I, I do admit that sometimes I do feel a bit competitive with Gerald on the show. I mean, is that really? obvious? Duh, duh, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, there's only so much airtime here for both of you, and someone has got to win, and someone's going to lose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Bud Goodman. <laughs> I, I wouldn't bring this topic up myself, but since you broached the subjects, but the last few shows, they've skewed a bit much toward Gina and her laughing. A little is nice, um, but too... I'm only doing my job here, okay? 
okay? Do you really think laughing is all I can do on the air? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. It's just the natural order here should be spud. And then my commentary, if I can be blunt, I feel I have a top-notch laugh, and I could more than provide this service if I had to. That is messed up, yo. I don't really want to intercede here, but you know. Everyone thinks laughing on demand is so darn easy. There's a skill involved that people will never understand. Sure, Gerald, you could supply a half-assed version of what I deliver. If that's what the executive producer of the show prefers, then fine. No, no, do do not. Please do not involve our esteemed producer in this matter. The last thing I need is for her to get involved here on that. On that note, why don't we uh, check out a song that was performed a while back on my cable TV show. Here are the tree people with their loving version of Forever in Blue Jeans. Goodman Goodman show. Show. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, this is this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. 
Uh, hey, so Spud, uh, Carney Wilson is holding on the line. Do you want to take it right now? Well, yeah. She's our first guest. Okay. If I don't take it, uh, do you have any other ideas to fill the airtime? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could share more stories about your summer vacation to the Grand Canyon. That ought to keep everyone tuned in. <laughs> really? I, I don't know if everyone would be interested, you know, we, but we shot some great pictures. It's too bad this is a radio Shut show. Shut up. People would really like looking at them, I think, especially when the All right, I wasn't were... serious. Put Carney Wilson on the line. You know, it took us some time to get through to her people to have her do this show, so I have a lot to discuss with her. Put her on. Sure thing, Spud. Here, here she is. Please welcome to the show singer, game show host, and former talk show host, Carney Wilson. Uh, how you doing tonight, Carney? I'm great. How are you? Super. Well, before we deal with the topic of Wilson Phillips, may I ask you uh, for a few tips about the talk show business? Because I've been doing this for like over 20 years, mostly on cable TV, but never the five-day-a-week grind that you signed on for with your show in the 90s. That's a lot of guests that you have to pretend to be interested in. How tough was that to pull it off? You know, um, I mean, we were, the guests were pretty interesting because we had, I had such a wacky show that mm-hmm. um, it was like, I mean, how can you not pay attention to a woman who has the breast, you know, size Z? I mean, that's pretty, that'll keep your attention, wouldn't it? Yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, how do you not look with, you know, as we had a, it, the, the, the content was just, you know, kind of silly. So it, everything that we did had, um, had interesting guests and um you know it's not easy i mean you just you just try to keep um a lively atmosphere and um and lively listen to your produce well you know it's also like just it's, it's a very the grind is one thing but it's like you have to know there's a lot of things you have to focus on at one time so you have your ifb in your ear you're listening to the producers you're trying to ask your questions you're trying to react naturally then you're reacting then you have the audience around you and um it's extremely um it's multitasking and um it wasn't easy it really was hard so i I think you were saying you have to listen to your producer now that could be a problem for me because i am known to be a little bit of a i have problems with authority so i'll have to remember that one i'll I'll write it down all right (sighs) yeah yeah that that could be a big problem yeah well it has been well you know it's like you have to please them because it's you want to please the producer who then has the ideas and then, you know, and then you carry through their ideas. And then if it works, then, you know, you, you, the show goes well, then the ratings are good and then everyone's happy. But God, you know, it's, there's a lot depending on those ratings and um, it's extreme. There's a lot of pressure in it and it's really, it, it winds up on the host's shoulders. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it. I did enjoy like the whole process and, and you know, going to New York, and I felt very lucky to have my own show. But and it was like something, another notch on my belt. You know what I mean? I'm very right. grateful for it, but I'm grateful when it got canceled as well. Right. Well, I've 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 been through that a few times myself. Um, Could you mention to Carney that your co-host had a crush on China Phillips for ages? Now, why would I want to be a buzzkill right now in this interview? It's going pretty well, you know. Well, I think she might get a kick out of knowing your co-host has had long-held emotions for someone she works with. China might even enjoy hearing about this. You never know. Uh, most of the time when people say, you never know, you really do know. It's like a one-in-a-million deal. I can guarantee you neither Carney nor China is interested in your little crush, okay? And the more I think about it, the more I want to vomit. All right. I'll continue to keep that one to myself. Sorry I bothered you. Um, so, hey, let's discuss Wilson Phillips. You guys sold over 11 million records in the 90s with three number one singles and like six top 20 hits. For someone else in the world, that would be like unheard of. 
but you are the daughter of a music god, Brian Wilson, the creative genius of the Beach Boys, and, you know, one who's influenced billions of bands. Did you ever experience any gold record envy with your dad? Because that'd be pretty impossible to compete with. Hmm. You know, I, I've, I've always loved the Beach Boys and uh, very yes. influenced by my dad and his music, you know, um, and respectful and very blown away by it. Um, yes. I think that you can never predict what's going to happen. So it's like we, I had, I had high hopes for the, for the group and I, you know, it might sound like, I don't know, conceited or something, but when we were recording, I said, I think we're going to sell 10 million records and everybody looked at me like I was nuts, but I, I really, I could feel it in my, in my heart and in my gut that we were going to have um, big success. And we were lucky enough, and we worked our butts off for it, but we did. And my dad was always happy for us and followed us, and we had reunited after a long time not really communicating, and that was really the bulk of the material for the second record. But um, he always followed us and is a huge fan of Wilson Phillips. I mean, he especially, it was, you know, it's so funny, is of all the songs, of all the music, his favorite is um, our Christmas album, that we did a couple years ago called Christmas in Harmony and he has to play it every day during the holidays. He absolutely, he screams when he hears it. He loves it. Wow. That's kind of <laughs> a strong really endorsement. Wow, that's very cool. Um, well, you, you and your younger sister, Wendy, you re- recorded an album with your dad, right? In the late 90s, The Wilsons, and, and it got great reviews. W- was was that a blast to make and was it challenging? Because uh, you know your dad's known to be a perfectionist. Yeah, um... It was great. It was awesome. I love that album. And it's sad it didn't have commercial success, but they're really, I mean, we went on, you know, like Rosie O'Donnell show when she had a talk show and we went on The View and we, I mean, we promoted it, but it's just records. We just didn't sell a lot of records, but um, the fans love it. And Mm -hmm. it is a really special album. And the the stuff that we did with our dad, um, writing a song with Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics and and um, and Dad, a great song called Miracle, and just some be- beautiful stuff on there. It was like really thrilling, and um, of course, it's very, very special to us. Um, right. Yeah, for this just the sentimental reasons and being in the studio with him, and and you know, it's funny because um, I wound up producing him, and and really? I'm I'm more of a perfectionist. Oh my God, they want Wendy and China want to kill me when we go in the studio because I'm just like, nope, that's not good enough, and they go, come on, you know, they hate it. Oh, all right. So I did not know that. You, so you produce also? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Arrange and produce vocals oh. and for for all the music that we've done. All right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Uh, in your career, you've had to deal with uh, people taking shots at your weight, and that must be pretty freaking annoying. As you never hear much about guys and bands who put on a few pounds, and you know all their fans care about is the music. So, don't you think it's like a triple standard in society? One for dudes, one for women, and then one for female performers. How pissed off did you do you get, or did you get, or, you know? You know, I find it's just a waste of energy, and if it's something that I, that I just focus on, then it's just one big ball of dark energy that I don't have time for. I have children, I have a life, I'm blessed. And I don't, I mean, it's it's hard to be under the microscope. I've gone up and down my entire life. I probably will go up and down, but I'm praying for, you know, a time when I can just, like, rely on exercise, which I despise. And I think that once I just embrace more of that healthy type of lifestyle, I, I might maintain more, maintain for more longer periods of time. But I don't let it get to me because it's like if, if someone bullies me or makes a comment, 
A, I'm used to it, and B, I just let it roll off my shoulders eventually. At first, it hurts, it stabs me in the heart, and I go, oh, and I feel like I did when I was teased when I was young. And then I go, you know, F these people. Who, you know, I, I always say, like, who are the ones that are actually doing this? I want to meet them and know them and see how happy are they in their lives that they have to do that. Yeah, yeah, well stated. Uh, is it me, though, or does it seem like top 40 these days, or actually for many years, you have to be like a supermodel first, and then they can pretty much work out all the other details when you go in the studio? Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. Music is really weird these days. I don't like it at all. I mean, I do like some artists. I, I do. Um, I don't like a lot of the trendy ones right now, um, but I... <laughs> It's a really weird thing. It's very visual. I mean, ever since it kind of evolved in a weird way um, with music videos, artists being more visible, and then it turned into like just how you look, and it's all part of the package. And, you know, these, these artists, you know, they don't always look like that in person. I mean, when they do their performances and their videos and their TV appearances, I mean, they have a team of people working on them to look to style them and their hair and their makeup and i mean most of them are just regular joe schmoes i mean you know taylor swift is freaking six feet tall and right. 110 pounds i mean in my opinion she needs to eat some pie but um you know yeah. it's just it's too bad that the focus is on that um instead of i mean i think she's a good singer taylor swift but you know her music's okay it doesn't it doesn't it's not groundbreaking you know it's it's hooky right but it's not groundbreaking you know yeah, I think that would be that's that that's a nice way to put it, and uh, maybe I'll leave that one at uh, yeah there. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the same same uh, page with you on that. Uh, I mean, I'd rather I, I mean I'd rather listen to like Rascal Flatts or you know um, Sade or or like <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm stuck in another era. <laughs> right. Right. Well, in 2003, you posed for Playboy. I purposely avoided looking at those photos prior to this interview, out of respect to you. But I might take a Why? Quick, quick, I might take a quick peek when you know after we're done here, if that's okay. But let me ask you: Was that like an in-your-face response to those body Nazis who made fun of your weight? No, um, it was response to a really great paycheck, and also oh, yeah, for um, just yeah. I mean, who's gonna? I'm not gonna lie. That was amazing. And, um, you know, I wanted to buy a house, and that provided a down payment. It was oh. absolutely incredible. Super. Um, it, absolutely. That was, that was definitely part of the reason. But the, but the, real, uh, the real meaningful, more, more, and I guess, deeper meaning behind it was just the fact that, um, you know, I accomplished a huge feat, and I, I felt very proud. And, um, you know, I mean, it's funny because I kind of regret it a little bit and then I don't. There's there's kind of, I feel like I went, there's like a level of class that I take myself down, yet I, I swear like a, like, a, like a truck driver every day. So what's the difference? And, you know, I mean, I felt like I've been very exposed anyway my whole life. And this was a way to show people like, hey, you know, you can make big changes and be proud and, and feel beautiful. I mean, they really did a beautiful job. So I will always be... Um, proud of those pictures forever well for the record i gotta say uh i was you know i'm gonna be upfront about this after this show's over i'm looking at those photos but you know i kind of want to keep the mystery until Why after not? the interview is over all right super um hey in 2006 you were on celebrity fit club one of my favorite shows back then what is the secret to doing well in that competition because a lot of great celebrities have failed in their efforts I, I i shed a few tears for kevin federline in season seven when he pulled it off 
Well, you know, that was that was like the hardest physical uh, challenge challenges the hardest challenges I've ever experienced. They beat you up. I mean, I yeah, I mean Harvey was ridiculous, and that's just not normal. I mean, it's just not normal. I don't believe in in that kind of strenuous thing because it's so extreme that that you know I bounce the other way I mean I, I will rebel and I just think that that was a cool show for anyone it's the celebrities were being featured but you know it's like anybody if you don't keep up your at least some kind of exercise and a moderate calorie intake it's the, the weight will come back right um, you know it's just like it's science it's like how many calories in versus calories expended it's just science you know I hate facts um, but, I hate facts yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. Say, Spud, would you mind if I return some emails on my phone until you need me during the show? I'm a little bit behind. Uh, I guess not. I have to do something during your interviews, as my mind tends to wander when I have nothing else to do. All right, go ahead, and I'll let you know if and when I need you, which will be never, as I don't even need a freaking co-host. They're like dessert at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I mean, who orders flan? Well, last question on the show situation. Uh, Carney, you, you got to uh, be a, on Celebrity Wife Swap for a week in 2012. Did you have to do, like, the I have a headache deal each night until you got out of there? Because you were living with, like, Tracy Gold's husband, right? I mean, you and your husband must have had some ground rules before you did it, right? Uh, correct? Or am I assuming something? Yeah. I, I hate that you even bring it up because I, I hated that show. Oh, um, okay. I thought it sucked ass. And, All right. That's um, for the record. I thought that, I like that. It, it was a big bunch of crap. Let's just put it that way. I adore Tracy and I adore Robbie, her husband, but every single thing about that experience was fake and produced. And I'm telling you like it is. I don't care if, if ABC got pissed at me for that. They keep re-airing it and I wish they wouldn't. They portrayed my husband like a bad father oh. and a bad husband and he's not. And it was heartbreaking for him. It was a bunch of bullshit. So, you, no chance you guys are going back on that show. I guess that's for the right. Oh my God, no. Are you All kidding right. me? All right. I mean, listen, you know, you you make mistakes and you learn from them. That's Isn't that life? I yeah, mean, it, you know, it is life. You're right. We blew it. We shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't have done it. All right. Well, just chalk it up to experience, I guess. Um, so, Carney, Good. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, the, you know, to call tonight and uh, you know, because we really appreciate it. You're so welcome. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest for this show, Aaron Carter and Jonathan Trawick of Portland, Oregon. Thanks for cruising up I-5 to do this. Howdy. <laughs> Thanks for having us. All right, super. Um, now, I should mention your debut album, Deep End Sessions Volume 1, was named the fifth best Northwest album released in 2014 in a reader's poll on the Northwest Music Scene publication. Uh, that's pretty cool. Congrats. Thank you very much. <laughs> we're, we're so proud that they'd, uh, they'd give us that honor. So Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Aaron, let me ask you this. You are a national fiddler champion, and Jonathan, you're into American roots music. You, so, you two seem to draw your inspiration from another era altogether. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, we both kind of grew up playing old music and listening to old music, and we can't get rid of it now. So, <laughs> so you guys, like, skipped the... Uh, the the first stage of pop, then uh, later into pop, uh, excuse me, like speed metal and rap. And you guys skipped all that stuff, huh? I reckon. Okay, all right, super. Um, now, when I listen to your music and close my eyes, 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've like been dropped into uh, that great Coen Brothers film, Oh Brother, uh, Where Art Thou? Uh, so, I mean, is, am I the first person to say that? Or? Well, I'm right here, Spud. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, y- you definitely like take you take your listeners to a to a different era. I guess I don't. That's probably trite and cliche, but well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate that. That's good. All right. Um, I love that movie. So <laughs> you, you guys tour a lot around the country. Uh, what is the one fast food place that you refuse to stop at? And I have issues with KFC myself because they have like these combination food things that are just beyond frightening. But what do you? Where do you guys like say no? Not stopping there. I say no to Wendy's, and he says yes to Wendy's. So really that's like always Ooh, a problem. A little strife there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that there's one I. Say no but to. I always say yes to In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, um, that's for the record. Well, what's the title of the first song you're gonna do? Oh, uh, we're gonna do "Traveling Man." This old, this old song too. We do it a little bit. We learned it from a different, a more modern uh, bluegrass band. We do it a little bit different, even than they did it. So, but but it was an early, early tune I heard from a 1920s recording. All right, or 30s, I think. So, super. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I love you, darling, but you don't treat me right. I love you, darling, but you don't treat me right. You spend my money, you stay out late at night. I'm a traveling man I travel most anywhere I'm a traveling man Travel most anywhere Well, I'll be traveling Find me on the road Find me on the road somewhere Off the country Goodman Show. Show.
Don't touch that mouse. Spud will be right back in just a moment. Your host, Spud Goodman. Hey, hey uh, Spud, we, yeah? ha- we have a call on the line, but I don't think it's a celebrity because yeah. it's a little early for our next guest. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? They're telling me it's our former show engineer on one. Uh, he's living in some foreign yeah. country now, right? Right. He called in a couple of weeks ago to the post show report. Right. And I didn't get a chance to speak with him, but he spoke with Lawrence. He's somewhere in Central America, I think. Put him through. Come on. Let's okay. do this. Am I on? Hello, Spud? Hey man, uh, hey, I, I heard you called a while ago. What's going on? I, I, I guess you know. I mean, I want to know, but I know the listeners do too. I mean, you have quite a following. What happened? You left the station like last month. Never, didn't have a clue what what went down. Is it true you're like a farmer somewhere? Well, you know, it all went down really quickly. I hadn't planned on this, and as I told Lawrence, I'm I'm sorry for not letting everybody on the show know that I was leaving. But I was presented with this opportunity that was too good to pass up down here in Belize, man. Hey, uh, I understand you're growing bananas down there. <gasps> that would be so much fun. You get up in the morning and pick a banana from the bush for breakfast? Uh, Gina, I don't think bananas grow on bushes. They're on trees, I believe. Still, it's a nice high-fiber start to the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not growing bananas, guys. Actually, I'm growing medical marijuana. There's a great need for it in this country, and yours too. Well, did I just hear some gunshots? What? Uh, No, I didn't hear anything. Anyway, they put me in charge of this farm. I guess my reputation as a master gardener got around a bit in some circles. I wasn't really planning on leaving so quickly, but, you well, know... Well, you, you don't have to apologize, but we really do miss you. There's no doubt about that. Hey, so, Anwana, are you looking forward to the Olympics? That's going to be exciting. Now that you're a resident in Belize, I bet you'll get a deal on tickets. Oh, my wife would so enjoy seeing the gymnastics. Oh, I would love to go see the pa- uh, Pantheon. That's the one where they throw Frisbees for dogs that's, to catch, right? I think right? that's Pentathlon, but no, I don't uh, think I, that's I, true. I, I, I don't think the Olympics are even coming to Belize anytime soon. Oh. It's a pretty small country. Anyway, Spud, what I'm calling about is I was wondering if maybe any of your celebrity guests would be interested in an endorsement deal. The people I work for have a pretty large budget for promotion. I, I don't know if promoting medical marijuana would be a great career move for my guests. Uh, I, I don't think I'd feel comfortable broaching that subject you know, with a celebrity. Oh, really? he- yeah, heavens let no. Let me think about it. I no, don't... no, 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 Spud. If we advertise that on this show, my wife would never let me do it. No, okay. Maybe on second thought, let me think. I might give it a shot. On one, maybe I can get back to you on it. I, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to run it by a few select guests. Oh. Like the next time I speak with Tommy Chung again, for sure. No, and no. I, I myself am pretty healthy right now, so I don't have much need for any medications. But I've heard there are a lot of sick people out there. What about all the bands we have on? I'm sure some of them would do a commercial for his company. Oh, this is scary territory to be discussing on the air. I'm betting the DEA could be listening right now. But Mar- medical marijuana may be legal in like 20 states and recreational in four right now. 
right now, but those other states, they're still not okay with it. Yeah, I heard you can still get like life in Texas for a joiner, or maybe it's a bong or something, I don't yeah. know. But, hey, on one, um, maybe you should wait, you know, just a little while before you'd start doing commercials like Budweiser and all the tequila companies. You're probably a little ahead of, ahead of the curve. What do you think? Uh, um, well, all right. Was that Will's we, gunshots? We wait a while if, uh, no, I still didn't hear anything. We can wait a while if you don't feel comfortable, though. I miss you guys. And like I told Lawrence, I expect to be coming into some real money real soon. So my plan is to buy a radio station down here. First thing I do is, uh, first thing I do is give you prime time drive slot. Cool. Uh, that's not the only thing I plan to buy. That's cool. You know, I've always wanted a snowmobile. That's on my list. Too. Yeah, I, I, I knew you always wanted one. Well, um, all right. Well, we'll just, just stay in touch. We in the studio, and I know for a fact our listeners want to keep up with what you're up to. All right. Yeah, and, and be safe down there on one. I've seen some scary movies about life in Colombia from the '90s. Um, nah, things are pretty quiet around here actually. Hunting is a big deal, and we have to run guys off of our fields all the time. Well, but they're usually cool about moving on to another area. Hunting, huh? Really? Okay, well, I got to go. You take it easy, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Right on, Spuddy. Please try your call again later. Talk to you guys again soon. All right. Um, okay, I won't lie here. Uh, you two, right now, I want I want to talk to you guys directly. The level of yeah. competitive competitiveness in the air between you two is both invigorating and frightening. Can we all just like get along, but still exploit this energy to benefit the show? Uh, that's not a problem, Spud. I'm a professional. I know how to handle myself in the workplace. Not like some others who might. Resort- Will you shut the f- up yeah. and listen to me? They'll play the gender card and garner more airtime. Well, well, I resent that remark. I got this job after auditioning twice for Lori Madsen, the executive producer. Twice. I beat out a number of others for this gig because of my talents, not because I'm a woman. Look, I, I for the record, have no opinion on this battle. Uh, I will remain Switzerland for the time being. Uh, I understand I don't have a lengthy on-air resume, but I've been in sales for many years, and the key to both is making people like you, and I have to be very good at that. You might be overestimating your skills in that area just a bit. Oh. Okay, 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 why don't we just now, like, maybe take a... Gina, little... why don't you say, no. what do you say we have a um, laugh-off? I'm going to do, nah. I'm going to go mano a mano with you and may the best person win. That is messed uh, up, yo. Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what, I'm confident I'm going to f- win this. Hmm. Well. Competition can be a positive thing. But always remember, there can only be one king. Second place just doesn't have the same ring. Gerald, as my mom said, pride goeth before the fall. It's not like you're the first person who has thought that they could do better than me. And all of them had had to take back their words. So bring it on. Oh, shut up. I, I don't think we need to take this thing to that level. Increased productivity is one thing, but all that warfare, Spud, it just doesn't Spud, seem to this be... This is going to continue to fester until we settle it. Right now, there's so little airtime for me as it is without this human laugh track. Since she's joined us in the studio, it's really cut into my opportunity to shine on oh, the show. I think you're exaggerating. In, well, in the short time I've been co-hosting, have you really taken a look at her resume? Like, have you verified all of her prior work well, history? Because it seems to me she's in over her head right now. Oh, and excuse I don't- me? Do you listen to the post-show report? As the co-host, I feel I take the position to a whole new level. Seriously. I'm given a great deal of responsibility and not kept on a leash like a sad little puppy. Oh. If that title fits Gerald, then by all means wear Ooh, it. Score one for Gina. Oh. Shut up! Shut up! Shut! 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 Shut up! 
I could have had that position on the post-show report, but I felt it would take away from the prestige of being Spud's co-host. Oh, that's funny. As I was told, you begged our producer to be on the post-show report, (laughs) too. But you were told, thanks, but no thanks. Something about not having a clue about music or anything culturally after 1997. 97? You know, that was a pretty good year. You know, like Radiohead released OK Computer. The full Monty came out and... Yeah, maybe on the downside, Evander Holyfield got his ear bit off, but it really wasn't that bad of a year if you take it all in, you know, look at the whole year. Anyway, I got to get back to the show, you guys. Just right now, just just check yourself. Okay, just calm down. Can you see who's on the guest is on the line? Yeah, yeah. uh, Okay, yeah. Spud, uh, your next guest, Skip and Allison Bedell, are from that Catch the Contractor show on Spike. I think it's Bedell. Bedell, sorry. Well, they're on. They're holding for. I'm a little upset about this. I have some questions to run by them. That's good. Oh, let me. Well, listen. They make that uh, Angie's List website look like wimps. I I would not want to get on their bad side and see my face on national TV. Yeah, it's a good thing they don't go after like really weak co-hosts, or or they'd be all over you. Put them on, please. Okay. Please welcome Skip and Allison Bedell from the television program Catch a Contractor, carried on Spike TV. Greetings to you both. Hi. How we doing, guys? Eh, pretty good, pretty good. So uh, you guys just finished your second season, correct? Yeah. Yes. All right, super. So my question is, do you keep a scorecard on how many crooked contractors you've taken off the streets so far? Well, uh, we did 11 episodes last season. Uh, we did 10 this season. So as far as I can count, that's 21 crooked contractors off the street. <laughs> hey, that is that's very cool. That's a lot, a lot more than I do on my average day uh, as in this gig. Um, so uh, yeah, we are, we're we're working hard to make sure we're changing things out there. You know, even like the guys that we're taking off the street is one thing, but we're trying to send a message out there to the rest of them too that uh, the game is changing. You know, there's someone out there that's that's looking out for this stuff now. And not only that, but we are educating educating the homeowners so that they know what to look out for, so that they don't hire these jacks. Right, right. Well, do you guys have like a special contractor's court where you try, convict, and sentence these scumbags to maybe work for free for Habitat at humanity, for humanity, uh, you know, for a few years? What, what, what's the sentence? <laughs> well, uh, I got news for you, man. By the time we get done with them, most of them are out of the business completely. They, you know, they're, they're, we put them through the ringer. If you've seen the show, um, you know, we, we definitely make them pay and we definitely get some justice for the homeowners. And, you know, a lot of these guys are really just half-assed hack, you know, part-time criminals, part-time whatever they can be, they're really not qualified to even be doing the work. Um, And the other guys that are legitimately in the business and maybe just got over their head, we make them think twice about, you know, uh, going out and getting an education and learning how to do it right. Right. So, yeah, I have seen the show. How good does it feel uh, for you both when you take down somebody, a shady person? It's like like taking taking down somebody on like the 10 most wanted list on the wall of the post office. Is it a major rush? Yeah, that's my drug. That's the, that's the kind of thing that keeps me going, that the sense of justice and the satisfaction of righting a wrong, you know, because these guys are getting away with it time and time again, and I just love the look on their face when they're getting caught. I love hearing Adam and Skip, you know, giving it to them good. Like, Adam's making them look like an asshole. Skip's pointing out everything that they did wrong. Oh, can I say a-hole? Yeah, sure you can. Sure you can. Well, <laughs> well you did now. Yeah, really. Um, well, Allison, do you ever have to go undercover to crack any cases? Like, maybe wear a disguise or something? Because you're you're the private eye with this operation, and I know you work with Adam Adam Kroll on the program, and he sure can't pose as an under, you know, unsuspecting homeowner. <laughs> 
No, I don't. I don't wear any. Uh, well, I mean, like when I'm in in the public arena, I'll wear something like my like, you know, glasses or a hat, so I can't be, you know, so easily noticed. But I'm. I keep it pretty covert so that who I'm watching won't notice me. That's basically the idea: is to keep at a good distance so that they don't even know that somebody's watching or following them. Well, um, Skip, what seems to be the most popular scam that sketchy contractors try to pull off? Well, these guys come in, um, the biggest thing they do is underbid the jobs. So I tell people all the time, if you're going to have work done in your house and it's any sizable remodel, you want to get a few estimates. Two or three estimates is a good place to start, all with qualified people. And a lot of times they don't do that. You know, they'll hear about uh, somebody down the street that used this guy, Joe Blow, and, uh, you know, he had a great price. So they go out and they, and they talk to him and they find out that the guy's really cheap. He's willing to do it for way less than anybody else and they hire them and then when they get in there after they've gotten them to give them an initial deposit they start the job they usually do the demolition because that requires the least amount of talent and the skills and then they ask for another big deposit usually adding up to you know three quarters of the job or Mm -hmm. some ridiculous percentage of the job before they really even get into the material construction work and uh, and then they're nowhere to be found after that Hmm. So we see that a lot. You know, that's, that's like the big scam. And I tell people all the time, you want to get comparable estimates. You only want to deal with people that are licensed, first of all, because that's going to weed out some of those guys right away. And, um, you know, and then make, make payments based upon the progress of the work. A lot of times in the show, if you've seen it, you know, these people are sometimes, you know, 75, 95% paid, and they have hardly any work done yet. Yeah. yeah so they think that if they keep giving this guy money, you know, that should keep him coming back to work, but they're actually contributing to the problem. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. Is there, is there ever been a super bad contractor you came across that you just couldn't get your hands on someone with, like, ninja skills who continues to victimize innocent homeowners and, like, stays a step ahead of you guys? No. All right, you've nailed them all. Wow. Wow. The FBI no, should be talking I, to you. I find everybody. I catch everybody. But the problem is is that once we get them to a sting house, you know, part of the show is that they need to agree to be part of the process because, you know, the whole show is about the justice and the accepting accountability for what they've done and, you know, and teaching them the right way. And without them being a part of that process, the show, you know, isn't what it is. So really the hard part is getting people to want to do the right thing. Yeah, there's been a number of guys that didn't agree to come back. That's and, what I was thinking. And be part of the process, you know. So, unfortunately, that eliminated us from being able to do the job because, it, really, this show is about a few different things. Of course, it's about the construction and fixing the house, but it's also about uh, you know, giving this guy an education and, and also beating him up a little bit for what he did. So there you go. So show up to do the work and be part of it. That's a fun part of the job, yeah. Um, That's the best part. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Excuse me, Spud, but I was well aware of how boring the job of being a co-host would be before I accepted the position. Um, my God, at times it's almost unbearable. Well, no one's forcing you to be the temporary permanent co-host. I'm pretty sure a ton of others out there would love to be in your shoes right now. Well, I'm not complaining, but yeah, it sure sounds like complaining to me. The last thing I need to deal with while I'm doing this interview is to deal with your personal job dissatisfaction. Now can I get back to our guest? Yeah, sure, but can I just get in one comment or question? I wrote down a comment. No, that would be a dangerous precedent to set, so the answer is no, no, no. Now I have to get back. Can I do my job, please? Um... 
So Adam Adam Kroll has been on our show before, and great guy. And he himself was in the building trades at one time. But Skip, uh, maybe you could verify this. Can he really use a level and, and a nail gun? I mean, is he not just another Hollywood guy pretending to be a man of the people? Has this guy worked with his hands no, really before his you mouth? You know what? Um, Adam has got some skills. He has definitely oh. been around the job site for quite a while, and he's done a lot of different things. So he's worked, you know, in, I think in, in a number of different jobs over the years, and he's acquired skills, you know, in everything from framing right to the finish work. So um, he's got a little bit of knowledge and everything, and it really makes it cool to work with him. You know, aside of the fact that he's just funny as hell, so we right. have a great time doing what right. we do, and it makes it hard to keep a straight face around him. But, uh, yeah, we, we're able to bounce some ideas off each other and figure out how to get these jobs done right together, and that's really a nice thing to have someone there that understands uh, the terminology that we're talking about, you know? All right, so he's the real deal then. Okay. He right. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, even more so than, than a lot of people think, you know, they've seen a little bit about what he does on the Adam Carolla project and a couple other things that he's done. But, uh, you know, before he got into entertainment, he actually was out there swinging a hammer. And uh, That's how he supported himself for years. Yeah. All right. Super. All right. Well, now my big question. What has been your uh, most memorable moment doing the Catch a Contractor TV show? Well, you know, everybody asks us which is the, our favorite episode right. or what was the who was the worst contractor, and I got to say they're all they're all different, they're all terrible in their own way, um, and 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 in the in the end we always get great results. The families are always so happy um, to you know have their houses back and to get their lives back together. So it's really kind of single one out because the emotions run pretty deep in every single one of them. We we do get attached to the families and their story, and you know. Um, we stay in touch with a lot of them, too. We've made friends with some of these people. You know, they're just really nice people, and, and, and it feels really good to be able to do something of this magnitude for them because when you really think about it, it's a huge deal being able to get finally fixed what's been messed up in your house because at that point, they've already spent the money that they had right. to do that job. So they're, like, stuck, you know? So it's a really big deal for them to have this beautiful brand-new finish and to have the satisfaction of seeing the jerk that ripped them off get ripped all over the place and on public television all right okay well i want to thank you skip and allison for for taking some time away from catching crooked contractors as public servants we are all in your debt so godspeed to you both <laughs> hey, thank thanks, you that's our pleasure really thanks for watching Hey guys, this is Reggie Lee. I play Sergeant Wu on NBC's Grimm, and I listen to the Spud Goodman Show. So uh, why don't you do the same? How about that? It's a great show. Check it out. All right. Once again, Aaron Carter and Jonathan Trawick. One, two, three... Yeah. Hey.
headed down south again. There goes that train. That's leaving me blue for Dixie. It's clip of the week time. And, uh, you know, we thought we would showcase Iowa Republican Senator uh, Joni Ernst and her party's response to our president's State of the Union address. So it was a while back. But, you know, as the GOP continues to battle its public perception of only representing the the financial concerns of the real Gordon Geckos of this country, they they, continue to attempt over and over again to portray themselves as coming from modest means, just like you and me. It's always fairly humorous, and this is no different. Uh, Roll the clip, please. Good evening. I'm Joni Ernst. I am proud to speak with you tonight. The new Republican Congress understands how difficult, difficult, difficult these past six years have been in this great country. A few moments ago, we heard the president in this great country. As a young girl, I plowed the fields of our family farm in this great country. I worked construction with my dad in this great country. To save for college, I worked the morning biscuit line, the morning biscuit line, the morning biscuit line in this great country. We used to live in this tiny old tumble-down house with great big holes in the roof. (laughs) House? You were lucky to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing. We were all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. We were raised to live simply in this great country. It was a lesson my mother taught me, loud 
and clear every rainy morning in this great country. You see, growing up, I had only one good pair of shoes in this great country. So on rainy school days, my mom would slip plastic bread bags over them to keep them dry. Bread bags, bread bags, bread bags, bread bags in this great country. The school bus would be filled with rows and rows of bread bags in this great country. There were 150 of us living in a shoebox in the middle of the road. <laughs> Cardboard box. Aye, you were lucky. <laughs> we lived for three months in a rolled-up newspaper in a septic tank. Just look at my parents and grandparents. They had very little to call their own, except the sweat on their brow and the bread bags on their hands. Because protecting our bread bags is an important measure of any society in this great country. May God bless this great country of ours, the brave Americans serving in uniform on our behalf and our bread bags. The Spud Goodman Show. Some people like it. Hey, uh, Spud, I know you want to stay out of this little disagreement I'm having with Gina, but your services are needed here. Yeah, all we need is for you to say something. It doesn't even have to be remotely funny. I can only speak for myself as a professional, but I can perform no matter what the material is that I have to work with. Uh, so just say anything and you two will, like, settle this stupid argument? I guess no problem. All right, here goes. Uh, and I was going to bring this up earlier anyway. I was watching O'Reilly on Fox News the other night. And... No, no, no. I didn't really... I didn't get to that. Well, you shut the fuck up and listen to me! I didn't get to what I was... <laughs> oh, shut up. But am I supposed to pick a winner from this laugh thing? Because uh, I think I'm going to need some technical assistance from like an app or a device that measures the quality of a laugh. Uh, you guys are both pretty good spud leaders do not fear making the tough call they know how they know how to play ball but understand but understand yeah it's about as fun as a power walk at the mall but I am a train designated laugher. Before the show, I never missed a performance of my old boyfriend, Sess. He was yes. a stand-up, and I pretty much carried him with my well-timed laughter. It usually took, at most, 1.5 to 2 seconds for audiences to replicate my response. That's After nice. we broke That's up, nice it was painful to sit and watch him bomb. I mean, I you could yeah. hear a pin drop at his shows, and I've heard he's gotten out of the business. Again, we are here in the sanctuary of democracy. Gina, you're laughing. I think it's decent, but I'm capable of a deep guttural laugh that on your best day, you could not pull off. Check this out. <laughs> huh? Well, well you that, the f that was kind of impressive. Good use of your diaphragm. Man. Thank you. I can match that. No problem. <laughs> I can sense the influence That's... of the exorcist uh, on that. Shut on that. up. It's pretty well done. No, you, you want me to really cut loose here? I mean, if we're going to drop all the limits on volume, I can literally shake the walls of the studio if you want. Well, 
Uh, that's I, I think I've lost too much of my hearing over the years from concerts, so let's just call oh. this a draw. You're both are winners, draw. right? Oh, screw that. Every oh. kid wins trophy deal. I felt I won that fair and square. Yeah, although I beg hey, to differ with you, Gina. Hey, we're just I, run out of time here, okay? Uh, yeah, li- <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, Gerald, uh, you know what? Spud, I've got a call coming in from our executive producer. Oh, great. She's on the line. I'm putting her through. No, no. Could I wait in on this issue? I would advise against it. And well, just fine. Just remember this later. All right. Alex, put me on the air. Oh, God. Okay, number one, let me just say how embarrassed I am of the honor bickering I've heard tonight. At our last staff meeting, I thought it made it clear we have to entertain first and foremost. And what I heard tonight was all about selfish concerns and not about meeting our mission statement. Oh, no, no, no. Please do not bring up that freaking mission statement thing again, all right? Can I just end this show now? I have stuff to do later. Hey, I, got, I actually have a life. It's ultimately your responsibility to maintain order here while trying to keep our audience's attention. I am. Do you understand how quickly an average listener will move on to other options out there? You I do now after listening to your voice. And they are poof, gone forever. Uh, Ms. Madsen, first of all, I want to apologize for getting sucked into this ongoing verbal jousting tonight. That's normally not in my DNA. Well, I kind of resent you putting it all on me then, you know. I'm just trying to... Look, can to- I jump in here? It's my show. You got, you know that old adage about too many cooks in the kitchen? I don't know how many we got tonight, but I think we crossed the line a long time ago. So everyone, just butt a hell out and let me do my job. Um... Let me make this clear. If everyone, and I mean everyone on this show, doesn't get with the program, there's going to be serious consequences, I can assure you. Yeah, I don't make. I don't make idle threats. Um, Now deal with the show professionally, and we'll all deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, fine. Okay, I'm Spud Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, Aaron Carter and Jonathan Trawick. have been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, the internet's last line of defense in the ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pikes. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One.
Sean at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome, everyone, to another Spud Goodman Post Show Report. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host tonight. And with me is Gina, my co-host. Uh, Gina, you, you look a little frazzled here. You know, I was listening to the first hour, and it seems like it was kind of tense with you and, and Gerald, uh, you know, the co-host. Yeah, it was a little t- intense at times. I understand why I was brought onto the show as a designated laugher. There was a need, and I filled it. Except my role as thankless as it is, but when someone who I feel could never handle what I do questions my talents, well, I mean, it really upsets me. You just have to let it go, you know? Now, I don't think Gerald meant to say that he was a better laugher than you. He he just got a little carried away. I mean, look, Gina, now you're an experienced professional laugher, you know? Not a lot of people there can deliver a laugh like you can. Why, thank you, Lawrence. You know, it feels good to feel your validation of my skill level. Mm. I, I, I super. It took me quite a while to get the hang of this. When I first started out, my timing was horrible, and, and the levels were either too loud or too soft. Well, let me tell you, it, it's got to be difficult to be in a profession that they just about everybody thinks that they can do it just as well as you, or even better than that. You know, it's kind of like being an umpire in a baseball game. You know, it looks easy. But it's tough, you know, right? Yeah, laughing is tough. Knowing when and and with what level of enthusiasm. Having to decide when to jump in and and when to wait for a better moment. It it calls for great instincts and is something that is difficult to teach to others. My boyfriend says I was born to do this job. Mm, Wait, you you do practice at home with your boyfriend just to stay sharp and all, right? Uh, Not really. I mean, how do I say this? He's he's not that witty or, or interesting, so I would sound fake if I tried to practice with him. Uh, all right. Well, uh, look, you know, I should probably introduce our panel that we've got with us tonight. I got to say hello to Dave there on the soundboard there. Hello. Hello, Dave. And Alex again is going to be our engineer tonight. Hey, Alex there. Now we've got Derek with us here. He's going to be. Hey, what's up, Derek? Bringing us the highlights tonight, right? Bringing them high. Super. Nice, nice. And of course, we got to acknowledge our intern, Trent, that we have with us in the studio from Pierce College. Hey there, Trent. Well, now, we're going to kick this show off here with some music. Uh, first, we got a band from Los Angeles, California, the Luxembourg Signal with Wishing Pool. Then, we have a band from Sydney, Australia, the Los Tones with Bu- Buchanan Hammer. Dave, hit play. 
listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right, we got Aaron Carter and Jonathan Trawick here in the studio. Hey, what's up from, uh, now you hail from Portland, right? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I got I to gotta admit, I'm not familiar with the, with the the Oregon prison system and all that. Now, now either you spend any time inside the walls. Well, we are wanted in 50 states. Oh, <laughs> oh for our music. <laughs> I like what you did there. I was thinking down the land nicely played. Super. Yeah, I like that down home sound that you got working there. Now, is that from when you were coming up? Did you come up in a log cabin or anything like well, that? <laughs> you know, I spent a lot. I learned to play guitar in a fox run. And I'm not, I'm not lying. I used to go over there during lunch hour, and my buddy played fiddle. He was an architect, and we'd meet at this old... The, you know what a dog run is. It's it's, a, it's on a log cabin. They've got two sides, one side, two sides, right in the middle, so the stage oh. cool. They let let the wind blow through. We'd sit right there and play play music every day during lunch. Oh, now. nice, nice yeah. little break from the wind. Yeah, yeah, and the good acoustics, I imagine, between you those. Nice, good old Arkansas like fiddle player. All right, yeah, now, and Ricky Russell. Ricky Russell, shout out there. Shout now, out. Now, no, no. When you uh, you both uh, first decided you wanted to be professional musicians all night. Now, did you want to be something else first, like a cowboy, or an astronaut, or something like that? Well, I started playing when I was two, so this is basically all I know. And I could, I can't remember a time when I thought about doing anything else. But uh, I went, I went to school for engineering. I got my BS, and now I decided to make my parents happy. I'd become a musician. All right, yeah, you sounding good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you guys, either you guys, you gotta gotta know where if uh, Johnny Cash really shot a man in Reno, right? I mean, he was never charged with it that well, I know of. It. Same as me, he's from Arkansas, so I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, it's the Arkansas way, huh? That's the Arkansas way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, now, tell us the name of the last song that you're going to do for us tonight. We're going to do uh, "Look Down That Lonesome Road." All right, Aaron Carter, and Jonathan Trayvitt. Boys, I know him well. 
they never give that mule no back a bell. Look down that lonesome road before you travel on. I had said goodbye, so I'll just say so long. slows you down, it clouds up your thinking, but as long as they make whiskey, I'd say I'll keep on drinking, as long as life keeps hitting hard, drink will help you to take it, as long as they make whiskey, we'll all continue to drink it, some folks have to slow down if they're maimed the lane, other folks keep moving, they keep rocking on just the same, well I walk like an old fox and I shake my big old tail, Oh, there's a hellhound, he's sniffing on my trail Look down that lonesome road before you travel on I hate to say goodbye, so I'll just say so long Play one more time This old dog make real sure he's dead. You'll find another dog, don't you? Hang your little head. Gonna be a lot of living after I am gone. Well, I'll leave a little for you, son. Come get your shirt done. Look down that lonesome road before you travel on. I had to say goodbye, so I'll just say so long. Look down that lonesome road before you travel on. I had to say goodbye. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Doug. Now, what do we got here first up for tonight? So our first clip of the night uh, comes from the Carney Wilson interview where Spud asked Carney about her motivations behind her choice to bear it all, so to speak. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm stuck in another era. <laughs> right, right. Well, in 2003, you posed for Playboy. I purposely avoided looking at those photos prior to this interview, out of respect to you. But I might take a Why? quick. Why? I might take a quick peek when you know after we're done here, if that's okay. But let me ask you: Was that like an in-your-face response to those body Nazis who made fun of your weight? No, um, it was response to a really great paycheck. And also oh, yeah, for um, just, yeah, I mean, who's going to, I'm not going to lie. That was amazing. And, um, you know, I wanted to buy a house and that provided a down payment. It was oh. absolutely incredible. Super. Um, it, absolutely. That was, that was definitely part of the reason. But the, but the real, uh, the real meaningful, more, more, and I guess deeper meaning behind it was just the fact that, um, you know, I accomplished a huge feat. And I, I felt very proud. And, um, you know, I mean, it's funny because I kind of regret it a little bit and then I don't. There's there's kind of, I feel like I went, there's like a level of class that I take myself down, yet I, I swear like a, like, a, like a truck driver every day. So what's the difference? And, you know, I mean, I felt like I've been very exposed anyway my whole life. And this was a way to show people like, hey, you know, you can make big changes and be proud and, and feel beautiful. I mean, they really did a beautiful job. So I will always be um, proud of those pictures forever. Well, for the record, I got to say, uh, I was, you know, I'm going to be upfront about this. After this show's over, 
I'm looking at those photos, but you know, I kind of want to keep the mystery until Why after not? the interview is over. All right, super. Um, hey, in 2006, you were on Celebrity. So, we, Lawrence, would you ever have any uh, reason to not want to do like maybe if somebody approached you about a prison calendar? Would you go for it? Oh, I would totally go for a prison yeah? calendar. Yeah. Super. I'd call awesome. my buddy Chuck up from the joint because, you know, he's all ripped and cut. You know, he spends 22 hours working out a day. So he would, I'd, I'd be side by side with him, but he yeah. might make me look a little, uh, you know, less manly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I thank you for asking. I'm, I'm going to try to light a fire under that idea here. So let's think about that while we go to some music here. We're going to lead off with a band from Seattle who performed this song here on Spud's show last year. That's The Pears with American as Apple Pie. And then we have Peach Pit with Isadoria. Go. All right, it's my pleasure to introduce our special musical guest for the evening. It is The Pears. They have a brand new CD out. The Boy with Astronaut Eyes on Finn Records. Pick it up.
Goodman Post Show Report. Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. It looks like we have a call holding. Uh, do you want to take it now? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love to speak with the fans of the show. Go ahead and put that call through. Oh, is yeah. this the dude who's the next convict or says he is? Hey, Kyler, y- yes, yes. I-, I unfortunately have been incarcerated. What is your question? I don't believe you. You sound like a poser who maybe did a few weekends in county jail. My uncle did a stretch in Lompoc, so I know what a real ex-con sounds he was on that show, Cops, a couple, three times. You come off as real soft, you know what I mean? Uh, Caller, you know, there's no reason to be disrespectful here. I mean, you should be uh, a little let, bit... Let the man speak, Gina. Go ahead, Colleen. I'm, I'm sorry if I don't fit your stereotype of an ex-offender. You know, I'm not proud of my stay in prison and all, but it is a part of my life, you know? You know, I, I, I try not to let it define me, and this gig here on the radio has been a great opportunity, but... It will always be with me, wherever I li- whether I like it or not. Uh, tell him about your tattoos. Caller, he has a bunch of them. I mean, he totally looks like an ex-con. What is your problem, anyway? With all these prison shows on TV, I'm just sick of all the wannabes out there. Orange is not the new black. It's still just orange 24-7. My uncle said he can't even handle Halloween now that he's out. He's so sick of that color. Uh, you know, where, where our prison clothing was gray at Pelican Bay. It had a little powder blue accent on the stitching. And I myself preferred it as, as, as muted colors. That's more my style. I think you look great in any color, Lawrence. I, I've never Thank you. bought into that saying that uh, the clothes make the man. You said on the air that you were convicted of art forgery. What a candy-ass crime, man. What, did you trace the Mona Lisa or something and try to sell it at a swap meet? Look, if you must know, I sold over $4 million in art reproductions in my time doing this. Look, it was pretty lucrative, I gotta tell you. I guess it was, you know, just a God-given talent that I had. But these days, I stick to just doing charcoal drawings of fruit bowls and mountains. Ooh, would you draw um, a Mount Rainier for me sometime? Uh, I'm not into art, so I have to go now. I just wanted to check your cred, and it's pretty much like I thought. Another poser trying to use prison career move. Pretty lame, man. Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. You know, being in prison had a lot to do with me getting this job here on this show. But everything in life is about timing, is that right? You know, I know that pretty soon that prison TV shows and movies are going to be about as popular as westerns and rock operas. So i got to strike while the iron's hot, you know. I hear you. I'm not begrudging you for being the host of this show. I mean, you're way better than that little girl, Spud Goodman. Whiny bitch. He does complain a lot. All right, Carla. You know, thanks for checking in with us uh, tonight. I appreciate that. Uh, Tell your uncle, hey, all right? Uh, He's back in now, somewhere in Utah, I think. He got his parole revoked by the Fed. Mm. Oh, that is sad. Not really. He loves being in there. 
He told me after his hearing he was looking forward to working out every day again and finishing up on that tattoo of a swastika on his forehead. It was never completed. Now it sort of looks like a bent pitchfork. That's all good. All right. All right, then, Kyle. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the music here. First up, we have Shivering Shakes with Swimming. And then we're going to enjoy a band who also performed on Spud's show here previously. That's Half Rushmore. And this is their studio cut of 533. But first off, we're going to listen to some The Shivering Shakes.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, well, we just, do you want to take us into the next round? Uh, yeah, I guess I can uh, pull up the next clip here. Um, first, I have a question for you guys. Uh, do you throw away your plastic bread bags when you guys are done with them, when there's no more bread in them? Oh, they, they put bread in bags now? Yeah. Do you well, guys, th- do you guys throw I, away the I bags? I recycle them. Well, you recycle yeah, them. Yeah, I recycle them. Well, you might want to think twice about it next time because in the clip of the week, we have Joni Ernst talking about her childhood growing up in the great country and a nifty alternate use for those bread bags. Oh. Good evening. I'm Joni Ernst. I am proud to speak with you tonight. The new Republican Congress understands how difficult, difficult, difficult these past six years have been in this great country. A few moments ago, we heard the president in this great country. As a young girl, I plowed the fields of our family farm in this great country. I worked construction with my dad in this great country. To save for college, I worked the morning biscuit line, the morning biscuit line, the morning biscuit line in this great country. We used to live in this tiny old tumble-down house with great big holes in the roof. (laughs) House? You were lucky to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing. We were all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. We were raised to live simply in this great country. It was a lesson my mother taught me, loud and clear, every rainy morning in this great country. You see, growing up, I had only one good pair of shoes in this great country. So on rainy school days, my mom would slip plastic bread bags over them to keep them dry. Bread bags, bread bags, bread bags, bread bags in this great country. The school bus would be filled with rows and rows of bread bags in this great country. There were 150 of us living in a shoebox in the middle of the road. (laughs) Cardboard box. Aye, you were lucky. We lived for three months in a rolled up newspaper in a septic tank. Just look at my parents and grandparents. They had very little to call their own, except the sweat on their brow and the bread bags on their hands. Because protecting our bread bags is an important measure of any society in this great country. May God bless this great country of ours, the brave Americans serving in uniform on our behalf and our bread bags. God bless our bread bags, you guys. Oh, yeah. I love the bread bags. I salute. I didn't even know they were an endangered species in bread bags. I, I don't know. I, we would be, have this dry, stale, hard bread, kind of like what we had in the joint. And we'd have wet shoes. Yeah. Wet, yeah. wet shoes and dried bread. Oh, did you put the bread bags on your feet? You know, I never did that, but I knew a kid in kindergarten who used to put them over his socks. We, and then put we used to do that feet. in Girl Scouts. When oh, you go camping you and your, your feet, feet get, dry. Yeah, to keep your feet dry, you put the bread bags and then you put your shoes That's over That's a good the idea, bags. yeah. But I heard yeah. that wonder wonder bread bags don't hold up as well as maybe like uh, the Franz bread or something. Oh. You know, maybe should, mm-hmm. they should throw that into their marketing too, you know, like our bread bags, you know, hold up better in Or Dave's. Wet Dave's bread has some fantastic bread bags. Actually, oh, for, yeah. for our listeners across the country, if you ever come to the Pacific Northwest here, be sure to go to the Paul's Bow Bakery. They have some of the best bags in the world. Oh, yeah? You take them home, put them in, uh, put them on your feet? Yeah, I just, I 
throw the bread away, just use the bag. <laughs> That's what I would do, too. Yeah, who cares about the bread? Just get some good bags. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking out for our, our country that way as good American We're doing patriots. a service right. for you people. A true service. Bread All bag. right. You guys, I, I'm, I'm out my hats off to you. Hey, let's go to some music here now. We're going to return to uh, uh, one of Spud's all-time favorite bands, the Sonics, with Leave My Kitty Alone. And then after that, we have High Pop with Hey Kid.
roll into uh, the second second celebrity highlight that we got working here. What do we got today, Derek? Yeah, so for our second celebrity highlight, we have Spud trying to get some verification of Adam Carolla's job credentials from his To Catch a Contractor co-host, Skip Bedell. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, so Adam, Adam Carolla's been on our show before and great guy, and he himself was in the building trades at one time. But Skip, uh, maybe you could verify this. Can he really use a level and, and a nail gun? I mean, is he not just another Hollywood guy pretending to be a man of the people? Has this guy worked with his hands no, really before his you mouth? You know what? Um, Adam has got some skills. He has definitely oh. been around the job site for quite a while, and he's done a lot of different things. So he's worked, you know, in, I think in a number of different jobs over the years, and he's acquired skills, you know, in everything from framing right to the finish work. So um, he's got a little bit of knowledge and everything, and it really makes it cool to work with him, you know, aside of the fact that he's just funny as hell. So we have right. a great time doing what right. we do, and it makes it hard to keep a straight face around him. But, uh, yeah, we we're able to bounce some ideas off each other and figure out how to get these jobs done right together, and that's really a nice thing to have someone there that understands uh, the terminology that we're talking about, you know? All right, so he's the real deal then. Okay. He right. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, even more so than, than a lot of people think, you know, they've seen a little bit about what he does on the Adam Carolla project and a couple other things that he's done. But, uh, you know, before he got into entertainment, he actually was out there swinging a hammer. And uh, That's how he supported himself for years. Yeah. All right. Super. All right. Well, now my big question. Well, I tell you, you know, I know a lot of guys who worked in uh, construction and all that because, you know, Americans most wanted the most. It's always construction. So, you know, in the joint. I knew a lot of guys who knew how to swing a hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a skill. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of celebrities who started out doing construction. I know Harrison Ford did construction before he made his big break. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I and think I, maybe it's the hours. Like, you work, yeah. you know, until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then you've got time to go home and shower and oh, get ready sense. for your comedy gig at the stand-up place. And, oh, then, oh. and then there, there's famous people who ended up doing construction, like <laughs> Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, with the house president and ended up, uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity. He so kind of went the other direction, as it were. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I should have thought about that rather than painting, because, you know, I got some strong fingertips from holding brushes and all but I can't swing a hammer to save my life mm. I, you know what a hammer looks like to be honest with you I've never seen one it's the truth we'll have to uh, take you to a hardware store and get you educated I appreciate that see Derek's always yeah. looking out for me I got you man alright let's get back to the music here why don't we, we we're gonna listen to the legendary grunge greats Mud Honey with a live cut of Touch Me I'm Sick and then we have the gremlins with Do You Know How It Feels this song is about all things flannel and thermal. Ooh. Ah! 
Well, you know, it's that time, and I'm sad to say that the show is about done here. Uh, you know, you got to say that we did have a great time here tonight, didn't you know, we? I sure did. You know, I always enjoy myself so much more in the post-show report. I'm allowed to be creative. I have the uh, freedom to express myself. Lawrence, you don't crave immediate gratification whenever you say something like Spud. No. I mean, he is such a low right, self-esteem super. underneath all that arrogance. I mean, he's pretty much an emotional mess. I wonder what he does away from the show when there's no one to laugh at his every comment. Yeah, I, I wonder that myself. You know, I, I'm thinking that when the, you know, it would make life away from the studio pretty sad compared to when he when he's getting showers from love with these the show all the callers that stalker. Mm-hmm. Now that's oh, yeah. love. You don't get more love than a stalker. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true love. It's a scary kind of love, but yeah. you know, He's got to feel kind of lonely a lot of the times when he's not doing the show. Probably. I'm pretty sure he'll end up like so many of those other aging media figures when the spotlight is gone. His his story is going to end in an ugly way, I think. That's yeah, for sure. You're going to see a spatula in the news somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be A bottle of Pepto in the gutter. He might be. He might OD on Pepto. You oh, know, you yeah. see the crime scene. They do the little drawing so, where the outline on the ground with the Pepto spill. The drawing. Yeah. yeah, no. There is. Some, I think there is such a thing as a bismuth overdose. Yeah. They shouldn't make it so Ugh. good. Then they should, I, I don't they should even make want it to tell like you what that does to your inside. Not it's peppermint. Not pretty. Well, the I, I, irony is it doesn't taste good. I don't know. You should. You know. Has anybody asked Spud if he likes the taste of it or if it's just an addiction or a compulsion or anything like that? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't understand what the whole Pepto thing is about. Hmm. Somebody needs to ask and maybe do a spa yeah. interview with Spud. Say, what's up with the Pepto? Is it just tasty and delicious? Or do you just have a big hole in your stomach you're trying yeah. to line like, you know, Bondo or something? It, it, it's taking that much color Pepto. Bondo, isn't it? it might, yeah, yeah, see, maybe he close, thinks it's yeah. Bondo. He, it, you know, if somebody at least needs to let him know about that. Uh, you know what? This is kind of getting a downer. We're, let's let's go on an up note with the show here if we can. Now let's talk about all that great music that we got to listen to in the last hour here. I really like that song by the Luxembourg Signal, and of course our musical guests Aaron Carter and Jonathan Treyway. Oh, they yeah. were amazing. They were very very talented. Oh, yeah, Playing very since talented. she was two years old. That's really impressive. She's got some serious chops there. She yeah. Does. Well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give a shout out here. I gotta give a shout out to Dave here on the. Pan out there you, on the soundboard, doing a great job as always. Fun as always. Yeah, well, and then of course our engineer Alex. Now, now, Wonder Boy, he's a he's the quiet one. You don't hear much from him over there, but but we still got to give you props. And Derek, of course, you were on the spot with the highlights tonight as always. Yeah, and you know I enjoy, I enjoy super those hot and tasty highlights to you guys every post show. Oh, we appreciate we enjoy it. it. Gives us yeah. stuff to chew on there, and of course I can't forget our intern Trent. Hey, Trent, give us a nod. Good job. Tonight, there, young man, and our other intern, she's off tonight, so we hope that she's making good choices on that date that she's got working tonight. Now, my name is Lars. I hope everyone will join us again next week, but we're gonna leave you with this last song here by Sid Irwin and the Western Melody Makers. The song is Who Put the Turtle in Myrtle's Girdle. Good night, everybody. Turtle and Myrtle's girdle, she'll kill him if she ever gets a chance. Well, if she ever catches him, I know she'll make a mess of him. She'll wind up putting pants in his pants. 
Now not so very long ago You never heard such carrying on Screaming, hollering, and fits Now it went down in history About this great big mystery The mystery I'm talking about is this The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is... Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deer. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Copyright 2015, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.